What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Cat Brooks. In 2022, U.S. police murdered 1,096 people. According to the Washington Post, this year, law enforcement has murdered 285 folks. For those of you who are regular listeners, I hope you are noticing how the 2023 number continues to rise. We are just four months into the year, and 285 people breaks down to an average of 71 people a month, and we don't even know most of their names. So every week on Law and Disorder kicks off with a roundup of news related to state violence. We hope this segment serves to expose, agitate, and build. This is the State Terror Roundup for the week of April 10th, 2023. The eviction at Wood Street continues and our unhoused relatives continue to ask for support in the form of cop watchers right now, food, clothing, and other supplies. You can reach out to info at antipoliceterrorproject.org if you want more info on how to get involved. Yesterday, two residents were arrested as they tried to defend their homes, and the deputy director of the Anti-Police Terror Project, James Birch, was cut by a bolt cutter trying to protect Wood Street residents. While advocates and organizers are pleading for resources and humane alternatives to shelter for the Wood Street residents in Oakland, city administrators are only offering cabin communities where residents cannot take their property or animals cannot lock their own doors and are forced to go habitate in cramped quarters. Community advocates like Love and Justice in the Streets and APTP's Mental Health First continue to try to negotiate adequate resources so people may move with dignity and their humanity. Source the folks on the ground. The man who wants to be the leader of the so-called free world apparently has no problem with torture. A former detainee of the Guantanamo Bay prison camp has claimed that Florida governor in 2024, presidential contender Ron DeSantis, witnessed him being tortured during the time he was stationed there. Mansur Adafi, a Yemeni citizen who was held for 14 years on the U.S. naval base in Cuba, told The Independent that he was brutally force-fed by camp staff during a hunger strike in 2006 and that DeSantis was present for at least one of those sessions. Adafi describes it as one of the worst stretches of his 14-year imprisonment at Guantanamo. In 2006, he was in the midst of a hunger strike with a number of his fellow detainees in protest over the conditions inside the prison. A new team was brought in to break the strike with a more aggressive form of force feeding. He was strapped to a chair in the yard by his head, hands, waist, and feet, and a feeding tube was forced into his nose. He was bleeding and vomiting and screaming while an assortment of uniformed military personnel watched from the side. Years later, now released from the camp without charge and trying to rebuild his life in Serbia, Adafi came across a photograph online of someone he says he recognized from that day. Until then, he says he knew the man as a young Navy lawyer stationed at the prison, but now he had a name. Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. Source, Richard Hall, The Independent UK. When police beat, harm, murder, etc., and a family or a survivor sues, it is the community, our tax dollars, that foot that bill. That means that in, in addition to, not part of, but in addition to, their already bloated police budgets in additional hundreds of thousands and sometimes millions of dollars is stolen from community coffers and used to pay for the consequences of their violence. That may be changing in, shockingly of all places, Texas. A new bill proposes taking the idea of mandatory professional liability insurance and applying it to police officers. Should a Texan officer be involved in some form of misconduct that warrants professional liability protection, the bill posits the officer should be equipped with their own insurance as a condition of their employment. The bill, HB 1808, was proposed in early February, sponsored by Houston-based Senator 
Jolanda Jones and inspired by the murder of Tyree Nichols by Memphis police on January 7th, 2023. A reminder here that what happened to Tyree is indicative of what policing looks like every day in America. His brutal beating was the rule, not the exception, and that's certainly the case in Texas, where according to mapping police violence over a 10-year period from 2013 to 2023, law enforcement agents have murdered 1,068 people. 262 were black, 349 were Latinx, notably black people make up only 0.1182% of the population but represented 25% of the people murdered. The bill would prohibit law enforcement agencies from hiring an officer, quote, unless the peace officer obtains and continuously maintains liability insurance to cover damages resulting from any misconduct, including intentional, negligent, or willful acts, end quote. Accountability matters, y'all, and maybe if they had a smidgen of it, cops would think twice about gunning down our community members for sport. Source, riskandinsurance.com. 45 days after the murder of 31-year-old Herman Lucas, the Milwaukee Police Department finally released dash camera, body camera, and surveillance footage at a police community briefing. On the day of the shooting, a video circulated on social media that showed police dragging Lucas after he was shot. In Friday's briefing, police explain an officer stopped a car without a license plate. Video shows an officer approaching his vehicle and then shows the car speeding off. Video goes on to show police chasing the car, and at one point, an officer says the car he is chasing is going 80 to 90 miles per hour. Let me stop here and say a few things. One, why are they chasing a car who, as far as they know, simply doesn't have its L straight? Two, according to the Washington Post, police car chases kill more people every year than floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, and lightning combined. And three, what's more, they do little to nothing to actually keep communities safer. In fact, as demonstrated with the OPD chase that killed pedestrian Lola Mania Sokai last year, they often make us much, much less safe. This case is no different. Dash camera and surveillance footage shows Lucas's car running a red light and crashing into another vehicle. The car ends up against a sign at a gas station. After one officer shoots Lucas multiple times, they wait six minutes to approach him. They say they were waiting to see if he was still a threat. After you shot him multiple times. Okay. The video then shows officers dragging Lucas's dead body by one of his feet and beginning CPR eight minutes after shooting him. Source, NBC 15, Milwaukee. Following a Contra Costa County judge's release of the names of 17, that's right, 17 Antioch police officers accused of making racist or homophobic texts, Antioch Mayor Lamar Thorpe has blamed the department's culture and is calling for an independent audit. I mean, you're right, Mayor. And also, this has been the culture, not just of Antioch PD, but all the PDs in all of the places all over the globe. The mayor said, quote, there are no words to express my profound disappointment given that one of the named officers serves as the president of the Antioch Police Union. Ah, 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 not a union. It's an association. Cops are not labor. The mayor went on to say, while Antioch has worked hard to become one of the Bay Area's most racially diverse cities, this will undoubtedly leave an embarrassing stain on our community. Kind of like the stain that the murder of Angelo Quinto, say his name, left on the city. The FBI, which is investigating alleged fraud, bribery, drug distribution, and civil rights violations related to the use of force in the Antioch and Pittsburgh Police Departments, found the messages from the Antioch officers after agents served search warrants on a number of officers' homes and showed up at the police department to seize the phones and other personal items. 
The offensive messages violate department policy but are not criminal in nature. They date back to September 2019 and continued until January 2022 when the phones were seized. And then, y'all, it got hyphy at this week's city council meeting when an All Lives Matter member of the public asked to do an audit of Mayor Thorpe's messages as the mayor was calling for the same for the police officers. It escalated to the point where the mayor was asking the dude if he wanted to go outside. How that saying go? You can take the brother out of the hood, but you can't. Y'all know the rest. Source, Judith Prieve, the East Bay Times. New York Governor Kathy Hochul, a Democrat, or Dixiecrat, as Brother Malcolm would say, is campaigning to take her state back decades on issues of pretrial justice and policing. Currently, New York Democratic lawmakers are considering adopting changes to a bail law that would allow even more people to be crowded into deadly jails pretrial, despite data demonstrating that stricter bail policies do not affect public safety, and despite, y'all, the fact that people waiting for trial means they haven't been convicted of anything. Innocent until proven guilty ain't for black folks. That's white folk justice for show. New York City jails claimed at least 19 lives in 2022, the highest number in a decade. Put another way, more people died last year in New York City jails before ever being sentenced, awaiting due process, than were executed in the entire United States. And last week, while elected officials visited Rikers Island to speak with constituents, including those held in solitary confinement cells, nicknamed the kennels, a fire tore through the unit, which had no functioning alarms or sprinklers. Detained people said they were left alone for approximately 40 minutes as they attempted to use toilet water to douse those being burned alive. This one don't even need no additional commentary, y'all. The amazing coverage by our friends at The Appeal legit said it all. Maybe just one FTP is in order. Source, Victor Dempsey and MK Cashian, The Appeal. This has been the State Terror Roundup for the week of April 10th, 2023. State Terror Roundup soundtrack provided by Coffee Brown, an Oakland musician, singer, and songwriter who has been a force in the Bay Area's hip-hop and soul scene since the early 1990s. You can check her out at kofybrown.com, and her website and socials are linked from our site at kpfa.org. Shout out to my producer, Jesse Strauss, for helping me curate the content for this segment. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Rask and the Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.